God, we need you. I pray that you'd come this morning, God, that you would uh, open up our hearts, open up our ears. Uh, and I pray that your glory would be had this morning, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Michael didn't tell me what he wanted me to speak on, so I'm going to speak on what I want to speak on. I, I think, at least with me, I think with most people, if, if God's working in you in some way, if he's showing you something, if you're struggling with something, it's going to be more real to you if you're sharing that with people. So this is kind of what I'm dealing with right now. And it, it deals with joy in Christ. And I just don't feel like my joy is where it should be. And uh, this is just diving into that, diving into seeing possibilities as to why that is or, or how to increase that. Um, does that sound good? All right, Phil, put the slides up. There they are. I have no slides. <laughs> uh, so first of all, first of all, the, the whole center of everything, just to lay the foundation for this, is God is the center of all things. God is the most important thing of all things. The, the central point in the whole universe is God. And he, He's very, very clear about this in Scripture. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I lost my place, and I remembered. I remembered. <laughs> I remembered why Bo did the. Uh, I wouldn't tell Bo what I was going to speak on, so he did the turn to a page and point method, and uh, talked about women in childbirth. So I'm not going to speak about that this morning, but I did lose my place. <laughs> so let's see. Hebrews two ten. Hebrews 2.10, it says, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist. So, talking about God, it says, For him everything exists. By him everything exists. And the same thing we see in Romans. It says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. So, everything that is, is, is from God. Everything that is, is to God. It's for God. So God is the center of everything. Um, oftentimes we like to think that we're the center, that man is the center. In the past hundred years, this whole man-centered theology has really torn apart American Christianity. I'd say 90% of the churches in America are focused on man. God has taken a back seat to man. And that's terrible. Where are we going to get our strength from? Man's going to fail us every time. We have to focus on God. He's got to be the center of our walk, center of our life, or nothing is going to happen. We're just going to get bogged down, going to lose our joy. It's not going to be good, right? So God is the center of all things, and He is very self-centered. His desire is for His glory to be shared. His desire is for Him. We take a second, second seat place here. God's desire, His foremost desire is for Him. His supreme Devotion is to a supreme value. It's not us. His supreme devotion is to himself. And that is good for us. It's so good for us because if he was about us, he would just be a weak, changing God. But he's not. He's about him. He wants us to see him. Because when we see him, that's the best thing for us. So, let's see here. 
So basically the reason that we were created is to glorify God. It helps if you know the reason something is created. If you know what a can opener is, it, it helps you to open a can, right? Um, so if we're created to glorify God, that's what we should live for. That's what we should strive for. That's how we should... That's what we should want to do. So it's kind of our duty. It's God's law. It's our duty. And so many times that word duty has a negative connotation. It's like a a slave with their master. A slave has a duty to do whatever his master says. Or an employee is supposed to do whatever his boss says. It's his duty. And that's kind of a burdensome thing. Like you feel it on your shoulders. You, You have to go do this. But the difference between our duty with God and our duty with man is that the boss needs the employee to do something. The master needs his slave to do something. God doesn't need us to do anything. That burden is not on us. He doesn't. He said if, if he was hungry, he wouldn't tell us. wouldn't matter. He doesn't need us. He lovingly created us for his glory and for our joy, but he doesn't need us. So, when we have a duty to serve a God like this, how freeing is that? It's not on our shoulders. God is going to do what He's going to do. He's going to use us how He's going to use us. Um, here's, a, here's a couple couple little analogies here. If you, if you go to Niagara Falls, one of the most beautiful, famous waterfalls in the world, powerful, huge, beautiful, you don't just get up to the top with like a little five-gallon bucket, pick it up and, I'm helping you. Look at me, Niagara Falls. I'm helping you. That's silly. I mean, it doesn't need your help. It's going to do what it's going to do. But our duty is, it should be to enjoy it, to see it as beautiful, tell your friends about it, just to enjoy it. It's not burdensome. You don't have to get up there and help it throw water over itself. It's going to do it. Or like the Golden Gate Bridge. If you were to, to pull up to it and stop right before it and uh, pull out some two-by-fours and hammer and a nail, start adding some supports to it, that's silly. It doesn't need your help. It, that bridge is glorified when you trust it, when you go across it, when you enjoy it. And it's not a burden to you. You don't have to do anything. God's work is complete. He is who He is. He is enough for us. He's enough for everything. And what He's done is enough. So we don't have the burden of adding stuff onto that. And I feel like so many times we get lost in trying to do things, trying to please man, trying to have to be at church to do this, have to go out in the community to do this, do this, do this. And we lose sight of God in all of it. We get, we get our focus more on man than on God. And that's when we start losing our strength, when we start losing our joy, when serving becomes a burden. It's not supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to be serving in our own strength. So the way we glorify God is to be genuinely thankful, to be to have genuine gratitude for what He has done for us. Not try to repay Him. It's not a, a business transaction. It's not something that we're going to help Him do. But just genuine thankfulness, genuine enjoyment of God. Uh... John Piper, one of his favorite things, or one of my favorite things that he says, I guess it's one of his favorite things to say too, is that uh, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. 
And that's huge. If we're not satisfied in Him, God is not glorified in us. Does that make sense? I mean, if we're getting so bogged down by this world, if we're feeling so miserable because we've got all these responsibilities on us, and we lose sight of God, God is not glorified in that. And we're not satisfied. So God is most glorified in us where we are most satisfied in Him. So He gets the glory and we get the joy. That's pretty cool. So He creates us for His glory and for our joy. I think that's neat. So let's dive in a little bit here into kind of reasons why our joy isn't as it should be. First thing. I've got five points here. If you want to label five points in your note-taking. Are you taking notes? Are you drawing pictures? Oh, nice. (laughs) All right, so number one, uh, the first reason that we fall short of the joy that we should have in Christ is because we have our security elsewhere. And it could be anything. I mean, a, a big vice for people is money. We, we think we hold God in this hand and then money in this hand just in case God doesn't come through here. And if we do that, our, our security is in money. If we think we've got both, we don't. We have money. Our security is in that money. Or our career. I mean, if we're in a career feel secure in that, kind of place our identity in that. That's taking God's place in our lives. If when, if we get so comfortable in our job, in our careers, that we, we stop evangelizing the people, we stop, we just get comfortable with people that don't know Christ living, being that way. Does that make sense? If you work with somebody for so long, you just, you just stop evangelizing to them you stop sharing christ because you just get used to the way they are and that shouldn't be how it is our security should not be in things like that and same in this house or in this church we have a lot of homeschoolers it could be the same same way you could get very comfortable in your home not purposely outreach to the community not find lost people that need what you have so don't get comfortable don't Work with God. Uh, I didn't write this down. I wish I would have. Because it was, the way his phrase was just good. But but basically, sharing Christ, if, if we're not sharing Christ, the cup overflows coming from the Lord. It it does. And if, if he's filling our hearts, he's going to overflow. But if we're not sharing that, it's just going to stagnate. It's going to die. So basically, your joy based on evangelism, is going to overflow or it's just going to die if you stop doing it. So don't get comfortable in your in your homes, with your group of friends, at your jobs. Get out. Share with people. Let your joy overflow. That's how the, the Lord uses that. Number two. The second way that we fall short of the joy that God has for us is that instead of being thankful for for life, thankful for every breath that He has given us, we view it as our right. Like this life is our right. We have a right to do what we want. If God tells us one way, or or if He takes something from us, we say, no, this is our right to do this. 
and that creates kind of a, a wall between you and God in your mind. And uh, so it's not our right. Everything in this life is not our right. It's God's right. It's His life that He gave to us. He can do with it whatever He wants. The third, third reason that we fall short of joy, instead of obeying His counsel, we turn our backs to it. If we have a, a life decision to make, do we look to the Bible for counsel? Do we look to our, our Christian friends for counsel? Or do we just kind of ignore that and go our own way? And this is a, a big area where, where sin creeps in. And sin is a huge joy robber. Unconfessed sin, um, just living in sin, it just, just beats us down. So when we deal with sin, it's important, first of all, have a, have an accountability partner share Share what you're struggling with. Share things. And uh, it's important to not make light of sin. Yes, that sin was paid for 2,000 years ago. Christ, I mean, he, he paid for everything. But it's still serious. He died for that sin. So there's a, there's a fine line you walk between not taking it, between, I guess, making light of it and uh, not being overwhelmed by it. We can't be overwhelmed by the guilt that sin can bring. We have to realize that it was paid for. So there's a there's a fine, healthy line you need to walk between that. But but sin is one of those joy killers. Just not listening to uh, to God's counsel. Number four. We often get bogged down by trying to figure out what God's will for our life is. And is it a good thing to to search out God's will for our lives? What do you think, Liz? You didn't even hear what I said. <laughs> Is it a... <laughs> I'm in trouble. So it, it is a good thing to look for God's will in our lives. It is. Um, but I feel like so many times people overvaluate everything. They're, they're so, they overvaluate so much stuff that they're afraid to do anything. And that's just a, a joy killer, a life killer, if you're just stuck because you're afraid. If you're just constantly over-evaluating everything. Your joy comes, it doesn't come from evaluating your faith and evaluating every step of everything. It comes from looking at Christ. And I, I think that uh, Brody has a, Brody Holloway at Snowbird has a, a good analogy he uses. There's... He said if in his backyard he's got a trampoline and a swing and uh, like a sandbox and a swimming pool. I don't know if he has those things. I can't remember. But uh, just say he has those things in his backyard. And if, if Tucker's little boy goes out and if he chooses the trampoline, doesn't choose the, the swing, he's not going to be mad at him. He, he gave him those options for a reason. He gave him those doors for a reason. So does that make sense? I think God gives us doors. He just wants us to, to go, to live with Him. He doesn't want us to overvaluate everything and just be frozen and afraid to do anything. Does that make sense? Wave your hand like this if it makes sense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we know it's God's will for us to be free, not to be frozen in fear that we're going to make the wrong choice. If He's opened us mul multiple doors... Just go, unless he's clearly told you not to go through one. But but don't be frozen. Act. 
So number five, the one we've kind of talked about already, is uh, is getting bogged down by our works or by our duties. <clears throat> and and like I said earlier, it's God doesn't need us. The burden should not be on us. We shouldn't feel this huge burden that we have to, to go and do this. Because we don't. If we don't, God will take somebody else and use them. I mean, it's our privilege to be used by Him. But uh, I guess the main thing, He is going to call us to work. It's not just going to be sitting back looking at Niagara Falls. It, there are going to be times we're going to have to go do stuff. But what matters is if it's from our strength or from His. And, and John Piper has a, a really good analogy. I've used this ten times the last eight years, I guess. But um, if his boy's playing with a bunch of Legos, a bunch of blue and red Legos all over the floor, and John Piper comes in and he says, they have to go, he says, all right, pick up these blocks. You've got, you've got a minute. We've got to go. Pick them up. Quit. Hurry. He can do that, or he can say, all right, we've got to go. I'll, uh, I'll get the blue blocks. You get the red bo- blocks. Let's see who finishes first. Like, it's, it's totally different. It's not a burden anymore. It's not a chore. It's fun. The Father has come down to help us. Like when we have things to do, when we have ministries, yes, there, there are tons of actions, tons of responsibilities in it, but the Father is here to help us. He's come to make it fun, make it life-giving instead of life-draining. Does that make sense? Give me the hand wave. All right. <laughs> Um, but John fifteen five it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So don't try to do it apart from him. He's already telling us that we can't do anything. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags to God when we try to do it by ourselves. He wants to be with us. He has come down to be with us, to help us pick up those blocks, to help us to feed the people on Thursday. He has come to help us. So don't be bogged down by that. And uh, kind of a, a last thought. When Christ is with us, when we're looking at Him, it's just a, a fruit. It's Galatians, it, it talks about um, the fruit of the Spirit. The peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, all that stuff. That is stuff not from ourselves, but from God. From spending time with God, He gives us that. And the only pleasing gifts that we can truly give to God are from those things which He has given us. So we can only please God by giving things, giving Him things that He's already given to us. Isn't that crazy? Did that blow your mind? Thanks for that hand wave. <laughs> I appreciate that. But don't get bogged down. Don't... Like in my life, I feel like so many times I get so concentrated on, on men or what I have to do, and I lose focus on God. And it just ruffles up everything in your life. It makes life no fun anymore when it should be fun. There should be joy in it. If we're followers of Christ, our sins have been paid for. Going to heaven, we get to have a relationship with the greatest being in the whole universe. It's a good thing, so we should be joyful in that. It shouldn't be a burden. Let me pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done for us. I pray that uh, that we would rest in that, that we would rest in you. Um, 
I pray that you would convict us at areas in our life that would rob us from that joy, that would rob us from uh, being who we are in you. I pray that we would be satisfied in you and you would be glorified in us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.